Worst first date movie, go. Care for wellness. Oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I once went on a first date to Zola, which is uh, A24's adaptation of the infamous Twitter thread. And uh, the girl that I was going with suggested the movie, but I did not know that there was going to be that much like sex work throughout oops. the movie. Yeah, yeah. Big, big oops. Um, awesome story to tell, though. I think that the movie we're talking about today, though, is up there in like the top five or so. Would you agree? Well, I wasn't on a, a true date for this one, so I can't speak to it, but... I could understand why that would be a problem. Yes. <laughs> Mommy Issues the movie, also called Bo is Afraid. Um, one of my buddies took a girl to see this. He wasn't even sure if it was a date or not. And I warned him. I was like, you are going to see Joaquin Phoenix's balls in this movie multiple times. He ignored me. He went anyway. He said he had a great time. <laughs> said the girl loved it. So I guess uh, crisis averted. Yeah. Wow, what a winner. I, I have a couple stories in the pipeline where things didn't go well uh, after an Ari Aster movie. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to dive into that. Um, before we start talking about Bo is Afraid, do you want to tell us what you've watched this week? Absolutely. So aside from Bo is Afraid, of course, I did get a chance to see Super Mario Bros. I oh, wow. really didn't have that much interest in seeing it. It kind of, you know, I know that I noticed that it was breaking records, but wasn't enough to move the needle until $5 Tuesday rolls around. And I figured, you know what? I just man up and go see it. What a great time. And this is one of those rare occasions where I'm okay with force-fed nostalgia for two hours. They did a really good job with all of the, the music, the, the tie-ins to all the games, a bunch of different cameos, just a ton of fun. You know, I had a good time. I wasn't anything special. I think a sequel would be really great though there's a couple things that they could double down on and make it fantastic and kind of remove some of the weaker elements i could see i could see the second one being great how is uh how is jack black as bowser i've heard a lot of great things he was the best i thought a lot of people were saying charlie day as luigi was great i agree but he didn't have a lot of screen time i would say that jack black was my favorite uh performance of the movie that's awesome yeah. That is, that's uh, great to hear. Um, is that all you watched this week? Unfortunately, yes. You know, I, I'll uh, I'll cut you some slack. It's been a short week. Um, we're filming this only about four or five days after our last pod. So, busy weekend. Um, one, I, of us, one of us works for a living, Steve. You know what? Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched um, Evil Dead Rise this week. I I got out oh, to the theater. Got to get it. to that, dude. It was awesome. It was uh, it was truly great. I went and saw it with one of my buddies from college, uh, and we we both were the only people in the theater, of course, because we went to the AMC at uh in Bloomington, which is just a, a terrible, terrible theater, and um, we had a great time. It was it was truly great. I I would very much recommend you go see that this five dollar tuesday if you have it a is it's already on the docket man i've been so excited to see this movie i've heard there are hints of raimi throughout is that true oh yeah oh yeah okay so they did it right i they did there's a reason it's getting good buzz that's that's awesome they did um all right i i finally did it um this weekend morgan finally convinced me uh to show her a ghost story so oh no yeah, she she loved it, so it was great. But of course she did. She sobbed. Uh, she was, I was I was tearing up as always, you know. But I've seen this movie like thirty times. Um, but she was she was really a wreck from mostly the flower ghost stuff. Okay. And the scene with um, Rooney Mara driving away from the house really got her. Oh, oh man, what yeah. did you get? Did she have anything to say after the ending? she just loved it she was like this is she i mean she was still in tears so it was kind of a a journey but she really appreciated it it did its job speaking of that uh, i've been going to physical therapy lately and when i'm on the bike for the first 10 minutes they're just trying to get me to talk about you know whatever it is you know just pass the time by 
And the girl that was helping me out with my PT uh, started going down a movie rabbit hole. And oh, really? I showed her my top 10 list, and she said, you know what? After watching this trailer, I'm really excited to watch Waves. I'm going to I'm gonna oh, watch God. it, and we'll talk about it on Thursday. I said, oh, God. I, I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't mean to put that on you, but, yeah, she's toast. I, I don't think yeah. she's going to forgive me. Yeah, God help her. Oops. Um, yeah, and then I only had one more movie uh, other than Bo is Afraid, and it was Christine, um, which is a John Carpenter, Stephen King adaptation about basically this nerdy teen who finds this ratty old, like, car, uh, fixes her up, gets to be, like, the cool guy of the school, and then uh, the car turns out to be sentient and, like, kind of goes on a killing spree. Sounds right up your alley. Did you have a good time? It was awesome, yeah. Uh, Morgan was working on homework. I watched this at like 1 in the morning on Saturday night, so it was perfect. Good deal. Yeah, I wish I could have uh, put some more work in. I, I tried to watch Waves for free after PT, but obviously couldn't swing <sighs> it. I was just... Yeah. Honestly, my mind has been in an absolute blender since Bo was afraid last night, and I've been dying to talk to you about it. Yeah, please, dude. Um, So do you want to talk about kick this off with uh kind of our thoughts on Ari Aster before Bo is afraid so obviously you know the Steve but for everyone else I am a huge fan of this guy and I really respect his craft Hereditary is one of my favorite movies of all time in fact it's in my top 10 it's the only horror movie to crack that list ever so huge praise there I'm not the biggest fan of Midsommar I it's not like I I don't love it, but I respect it, and I can understand why people identify it as a masterpiece. You know, yeah. the dude is just a wizard, but very clearly has some issues. You know, you don't want to be locked in a house with this guy for too long, or right. more specifically, you don't want to be locked in an attic with this guy for too long. <laughs> um, but you know, at the end of the day, his stories, his storytelling, uh, it truly frightens me. You know, going into Bo is afraid. I had heard some reviews that it was a bit wonky, but I walked in very excited. I trust I trusted Aster, you know, to deliver another masterpiece and I, I guess we'll have to talk about whether or not that happened or not. Yeah, yeah. Um for me, I I thought Ari Aster was two for two. You know that I'm not necessarily a fan of hereditary. I don't like it. Um and I don't think that it is scary. Um, but I think that the movie itself is very, very fundamentally sound and it's a good movie. Um, that said, this guy is the face of elevated horror, right? Without question. Yeah. Um, so coming in, he is kind of at the top of his game. I would even potentially say that he is the face of A24. What do you think? Dude, that's... That is not ridiculous. I, I think the only one in contention is Eggers, maybe. Yeah, that's that's fair. I but think no. that both of them kind of built the brand that A24 is. I I completely agree with you. And the fact that Aster got this big budget, and even Eggers. I, is Northman A24? I don't, I don't it think is, it is. It is, yeah. Okay. It is. Okay, well then, perfect. Both of those guys, you know, were dialed in on low-budget films. A24, you know, handed them the keys and let them do something with more money so i would say that those and two are kind of 1a 1b i i will real quick say that eggers while filming the northman said that it's um he kind of got lost in his vision and he was glad to have somebody put him back on track which is something that ari aster might have needed to hear before Bo was afraid mm, not sure we agree but we'll have to dive into that all right. Um, final thought on Ari Aster. Pre-Bo is afraid. I just think, in general, he's a very overrated filmmaker. Um, so I think the best place to start this off is with theater experiences because we both have a lot of notable theater experiences regarding Ari Aster films. So do you want to start with this? Yeah. So what Steve means by this, you know, in recent pods, he's introduced this as the Blast Podcast, where we believe that movies can be more. And when he means that, he doesn't mean it's, you know, it's about how good a movie is. Sometimes it can mean 
a theater experience or a viewing experience that is just special. And when it comes to Aster movies, I believe they're three for three in terms of delivering and an experience. It's the perfect blast movie all the time. And and I have a great story for all three of these. Starting with Hereditary, I already said it's in my my top ten of all time, and I think in part because of this theater experience. I remember, you know, it's funny. The first time I saw it, I showed up late to the theater. We were scrambling. I was with my girlfriend at the time, uh, my high school girlfriend, and we were late to the theater. So we showed up right after the grandma's funeral. So trying to put the pieces together as to what's going on. But I, I, re- I vividly remember the last 20 minutes when the supernatural elements started to kick in after yeah. an hour and a half of terrifying family damaging tension building i i remember sweating in the theater i was like curled up ears plugged (laughs) eyes closed i I remember the whole theater like (gasps) every time you'd hear the there were just a lot of great theater moments in hereditary and i'll never forget any of those i remember after the ending which is just bone chilling we get in the car and of course i didn't tell her that it was a horror movie it was just hey i'm dragging you to this movie because i don't want to go alone we're, we're doing this it's right. like a 9:40 showing or whatever and we didn't talk for the entire car ride home she was supposed to come over spend the night after the movie she asked me to take her home it was just a horrible beat it was just wow. scarring and i think it's what makes this movie so special for me then couple years later i try and sell her on round two midsummer we're, we're gonna go we're gonna try this again you know oh, Lord. you were scared i was scared at least we can do it together again mm-hmm. and it went about the exact same way i wouldn't say i was sweating but just uncomfortable for two and what two hours and 20 minutes or whatever it was yeah yeah it just felt uneasy the whole time the theater wasn't as you know hot and bothered or loud but Mm -hmm. just silent for the entire runtime, and you could feel it. The car ride afterwards wasn't nearly as silent. We were almost laughing at each other because we kept, you know, peeking over, and the others got their eyes covered or ears plugged, doing the whole thing. Yeah. Just just great, great memories with those two. Um, Would you like me to dive into Bo was Afraid and that experience, or did you kind of want to touch up on hereditary yeah. midsummer i'll chime in with my hereditary and midsummer experiences uh hereditary for me i had begged my dad to go see this with me um for those of you who don't know ty's a little older than me um and so this came out when i think i was 15 years old and so i could not go and see it without uh parent supervision yet um i did not know that really <laughs> wow so what you, you couldn't even show your license you had to bring pops with you yeah so that's awesome um and my dad and i go and see or stay home and watch a lot of scary movies together it's one of the things that we like have in common is liking these things um so i had begged him to go for probably two weeks and then he finally caved and he was like all right we're going um and the day that he decided to go, I had an eye doctor appointment, and my eyes were dilated. So the first time I saw Hereditary, everything was just a little bit blurry. Um, but I don't think it really tainted the experience that much. Uh, I was pretty underwhelmed by it. I went back and revisited it on streaming uh, a couple of years later when Midsummer was coming out. Felt about the same way. Uh, I understand why some people uh, find it as terrifying as they say but i just never have felt that this movie is very scary um what do you think about that ty (laughs) obviously i disagree i this is the only movie that's made me sweat like this before and you know horror subjective so i'm not upset with your take i get it i i would i wouldn't be upset with you either if you sat there and told me that midsummer scarier i maybe i agree with you like in a sense but I don't no know if mo- it's scarier. No Here movie has ever put me through that kind of trauma that Hereditary <laughs> did. I, I physically sweating, it, not yeah. even trying to be funny. So, pussy. <clears throat> um, 
So then Midsummer rolled around, and Midsummer actually came out like four days before my seventeenth uh, birthday. So I got to see this one alone, um, and I went with one of my friends on my seventeenth birthday. First, first R-rated movie that I could see alone without sneaking in, and it was a very, very awkward experience. This was still opening weekend for the for the film, and. I don't know if I've ever felt more uncomfortable than watching that ritual scene um, in just a packed theater. Yeah, that's one way to put it. There's there's a couple ritual scenes that I, I remember, like the cliff. The cliff scene is ingrained in my memory forever, and like yeah. just eyes wide, not looking away, just stunned by what I was seeing. But I think, are you referring to? you know the ritual at the end yes the yeah. the ritual that takes place with in the barn yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um oops not not an ideal date movie huh no definitely not oops. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless i have always respected midsummer a lot more than hereditary simply because midsummer takes place so much during the day and i think that it is pretty cool that he was able to kind of make enough scares with with it always being light out that's how i like i marketed it to all of my friends that hadn't seen it i said well this is the first horror movie that i've seen maybe ever where it takes place almost entirely during the day right you're still scared shitless yeah so again yeah tip in the cap um yeah i mean i don't really have much more to say about it just a really uneasy but cool experience right um, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first for my Bo is Afraid theater experience because I think it was not as good as yours. <laughs> Definitely wasn't. I, I have an absolute banger of a story. Awesome. Uh, so this one, Bo is Afraid is kind of a limited release. I haven't seen it at a ton of theaters playing. So Morgan and I were forced to opt out of Marcus and go to the AMC in Bloomington. Boo. Here's our theater cast. We got me and Morgan, two-thirds of the way to the back in the center, the way the good Lord intended. And then in the front row, there is <laughs> probably two 17-year-olds with those like big, oversized Astro, Astro Boy boots. You know those huge red boots? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was all the people in the theater for this. What an army for, for an Astro <laughs> movie. I know it was the band it was of kind misfits. Of awesome. It was it was awesome to see the dude like get up and walk away in those big ass boots uh, to get some more popcorn in like the first hour of the movie because this is so long. Yeah. Uh, Oops. I felt like I was in this theater for eight hours though. It. I can't believe. I cannot fathom that the original cut of this was four hours long, because that's what Ari Aster marketed it as. Uh, if this was four hours long, I can't envision anybody sitting through the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way to put it, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't know that it was supposed to be four. I don't know what what, what, what more he could have added. Honestly. Uh, so, I personally wanted to walk out of this movie about two hours in. Morgan kept me in to finish it out for the pod, but... I'm going to toss this over to you for your theater experience. Thanks, man. Um, unlike you, I had a fucking blast with this movie and this theater experience. So, Of course. You know, that's so funny. You want to go down this rabbit hole. But who are we kidding? If everyone hated Bo's Afraid, you would have showed up to that theater, sat through the three hours, and said this was the best movie I've ever seen. I Not hand, true. Hand to God, that's exactly what would have happened. Not true. All right. Fine. I'm not going to let your your grumpy mood ruin my experience. Uh-huh. Before we dive into the actual movie, I just want to like give you some context for just the experience as a whole. So I'm going to I don't want to see it at a Marcus Theater because like you said it limited showing, so I had to go to the one maybe 25 30 minutes away. Not going to happen. Yeah. So Show up to one of the historic downtown Milwaukee theaters. It's called the Downer. It's super cool. Two theaters, little concession stand right when you walk in. 
Very awesome vibe. I saw Worst Person in the World there. Saw The Northmen. Awesome you movies. Know, oh, yeah. Just just great theater to go see movies like that. But that's besides the point. Sit down, and I just want to talk about there was an awesome trailer gauntlet. I only saw four trailers, all of them just bangers. What were they? Okay. Great question. Opens up with a movie I had, had no idea what was. It was three characters in an elevator. Jamie Foxx, uh, Tiona Paris, I believe is her name. And then in the forefront, I'm like, holy shit, that's John Boyega. And What? Yeah. it's It's got this, like, I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's like, uh, sorry to bother you, but more up my speed. There's more, like, detective like action in in it mm-hmm. but just the fact that boyega and fox are in this movie together with like this neo-noir aesthetic but seems to have some weird uh, boots riley twist to it i'm all yeah. in it's called they they clone tyrone it's a limited uh release it's going to be on netflix so go see it in the theaters beforehand awesome. but that was the first trailer I'm like holy shit dude i yeah. awesome to see boyega Hey, for for context, real quick, my first trailer was the Will Smith or not Will Smith, Will Ferrell movie uh, with the dogs. Oh, it also no. has Jamie Fox in it, where they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go bite his dick off," you know? Yeah, awesome. AMC, what a trailer! Yeah, back to you. Thanks, man. Um, again, trailer number two. I'm not kidding. They only showed four trailers before this movie. <laughs> Carmen. I don't know if you've heard it, but I believe it got. Either a limited release last year or was like shown at Cannes or something. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's your boy, Paul Mescal no and way. Melissa Barrera from the new Scream movies. Okay. Wait, Couldn't is tell she you what Sam? It... Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, not seeing it then. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are insufferable. Either Sorry. way, you know, just looks like a great movie. Those two look like they're really dialing in. I think Barrera might have more acting chops than... It may show in the screen movie, so okay. looking forward to that one. And then you won't be happy about this one, but just put a smile on my face because I'm looking forward to it. I think it's the MCU's last chance to make a good movie, and that's Guardians oh, 3. Yeah. Oh, I trust yeah. Gunn. I think I love the first two movies, and this third this third movie I think is going to be great. The trailer, you know, it gets me emotional, gets me pumped up. But a nice, you know, break in the action. You know, surely they're going to show more big budget popcorn movies that i'm not interested in now right wrong one more trailer a24 is talk to me i believe it's an australian yeah. horror movie yeah holy shit dude this is right up my alley it, <laughs> it's a mix of you know a couple jump scares a lot of eerie mm-hmm. um spooky stuff that's gonna haunt me for a couple months yeah like the trailer alone i think is going to keep me up at night for a few days i'm really looking forward to this one um again just a great four movie four trailer gauntlet right before bo is afraid so i'm just in the best mood now right and and i wasn't walking into the theater because i saw what you had said about it um and for everyone listening steve texted me said ari aster Ari Aster Meat Riders are crazy, bro. Something like that. Ari Aster Meat Riders are so crazy. He can make the worst movie of all time, and it will still average four stars on Letterboxd. Yep. So, so that's what I'm walking into, and <laughs> and I figured that's exactly what was going to happen. I heard that it was wonky. I heard it was weird. No mm-hmm. one was really going out and saying, like, this is just awesome. They were saying, brace yourself. And that's exactly yeah. what I was doing. I set my expectations super low, but I think that's what helped. Okay. I... From the jump, pivoted towards, I'm watching a comedy, a really well-made, well-executed comedy. Yeah, as did I. And it made for just one of the best experiences ever. The whole theater is just laughing or going, what? (laughs) (laughs) To to every scene in the movie, man. There are a couple, like, laugh so hard my abs hurt moments in this movie. I... I hadn't laughed like that. I guess I laughed during Jackass Forever. But aside mm-hmm. from that, I think this is the best comedy I've seen in 10 years. Um, I don't really want to dive into my thoughts too, just yet. But yeah. just to give you more context, I'm just having the best time. But again, 
you know, you can't wrap your mind around what's going on in this movie. You're just, you're there for the ride. And that's what I was doing, just having a good time. Mm-hmm. But everyone was so loud the entire movie, which was fun. But yeah. then the credits start rolling after a very interesting conclusion. I, I'd uh-huh. imagine you'd agree. And <laughs> it was the first time, including a Marvel movie, that every single person in a packed theater did not get up did not speak until the credits stopped rolling. Every oh, single person, get out faster. every single person sat through the credits just in disbelief. It was the coolest thing. Wow. Yeah. Just again, I don't care what you have to say about the movie itself. This experience was something I will never forget. Such I'm a glad. great time. I'm really glad to hear that because theater experiences like that are increasingly hard to come by these days. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. That, I think that's why, you know, I, I'm prone to say that I really enjoyed this one. And I think that before I dive into my thoughts, I'd love to hear why you didn't. Okay, so I want to start this off with a quick little rant about criticizing Ari Aster films. <laughs> because oh, perfect. Every single that's exactly time... what I want to hear. Every single time that I've told anybody, like, oh, yeah, have you seen Hereditary? I'm like, yeah, like, it was okay. I, I wasn't the biggest fan. It's automatically, oh, you just didn't get it. No, I'm not. I don't have a fucking rock in here, okay? Ari Aster slaps you in the face with the meaning of his films so many times that, like, you have to have, like, the IQ of a fifth grader to not be able to understand what he's trying to say. I don't. I I understand it, okay? I understand what he is saying. I just don't like it. I think that's a Ari Aster fan issue, not an Ari Aster issue. No, oh, absolutely it is. It's just an issue that I have experienced while trying to criticize Ari Aster, and I can already see the TikTok comments coming in when I say Bo's Afraid is an absolutely terrible movie of people on the letterbox who are like no you just don't get it i promise i've read the odyssey okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you like you give it five six years are they are a24 fans going to be just as toxic as marvel fans oh absolutely i I, I, could argue that they already are (laughs) it's getting close yeah. It's getting close. It is. It is. That's why Neon is the new A24. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll see. Um, But, yes, just in general, I think that this movie itself is very, very self-indulgent. Uh, I think that Ari Aster is essentially jerking off in the mirror for the majority of this one, saying, look at what I can do with a camera and $35 million. Um, I think that... It approaches its messages in a relatively stupid way. Um, I I was not a fan of the ending. Uh, you were saying it was interesting. I kind of felt like that was the only way that movie can end is with like a big trial, essentially. And sorry for spoilers if anybody is listening to this that hasn't seen the movie. Um, I would say that this is very well shot because it is an Ari Aster film. He is very talented with the camera, um, but my issues always lie with his writing, and I think that he could have made just as an effective of a movie in around an hour less time, as well as developing his characters much, much better. Um, Also, it's well shot. Does anybody care? Like, you're going to an A24 Ari Aster film. Like, it's a given that it's going to be well shot. So, in general, I think this movie is terrible. I think it lacks substance. And people who like it, I promise you, I understand it. <laughs> nah, you just don't get it, bro. Oh, my God. No, look, man, I, I understand all the complaints. And honestly, I expect you to come on this pod and say it's one of the worst movies you've ever seen. I think a lot of people are going to go in and and say the exact same thing. I wouldn't I say that. Real quick, I would not say it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, I still gave it like a 4 out of 10, I think. like it's Oh, awesome. It's okay. I just don't... I think that people... It, it's averaging like a 4 star on Letterboxd. I think that's fucking ridiculous. There's no way that people actually sat through this movie 
as much as if everybody had your experience then maybe but i guarantee you everybody did not have your experience i suppose i i don't really want to get into other people's reasons for why yeah but for me at least i went through different phases of enjoyment throughout this movie and i would say the first like hour hour and a half i was having a good time because like you said it's well made it's well shot mm-hmm. it's easy to look at Joaquin Phoenix obviously is just a fucking rock star especially right. in a role like this so you know it's easy to follow along and try and put the pieces together of this messy messy puzzle right but I don't know I was just having a good time but I was really understanding why people weren't loving it yeah and then and again, this is minor spoiler territory. I, I'm not going to spoil any major plot points here, but right. there are a couple story beats I want to like touch up on mm-hmm. it very vaguely to give you an idea of the phases of this movie. I'd say at the 90-minute mark, after he's hanging around in a house, he yeah. ends up in a forest at a play. And this play scene, in the middle of a long narration... I started thinking to myself, okay, maybe, maybe I really like this movie now. Maybe, oh maybe it, maybe we're starting to move into territory that, you know, this is right up my alley. Is this that's is where this it special? fell apart for me? That's I, where it I, fell apart for me. I understand. I completely get it. But for me, I happen to love it. And from that point on, I had a fucking awesome time. So he leaves the play, and then he ends up at. Uh, his mom's house mm-hmm. and he runs into a particular character and i suppose that this is kind of spoilery but if this movie ends during the bedroom scene i think i'm giving it like a four and a half out of five uh, oh I'm, ha- I'm, I'm, I'm i'm having the best time i'm laughing my ass off it's it's hitting all the right story beats for me I think that Bo's uh, character arc is coming to a conclusion. And then we have another hour. There is a notable twist shortly after this bedroom scene and then a bonkers trial scene, as you mentioned. Yeah. And this is where things started to come back down to earth for me and it was no longer a masterpiece. Just hovering back around, I had a really good time. So, real quick, I have three questions to ask you. Okay. Hit me. First off, unanswerable question. Also, spoiler warning right now. Do you think Joaquin Phoenix was actually balls deep in that scene? Because like <laughs> that was pretty graphic. <laughs> yeah, they, they really they really were showing it off. Yeah. Uh I don't think so. Definitely, definitely not. I don't I don't want to, you know, get into his business, but he seems like he's all business, and I don't know if he's about that. Okay. But I think that, dude, when they cut to, like, behind her back and his, like, fucking nuts are right. hanging out, my theater erupted, dude. I, I can't believe you didn't love that scene. I laughed, yeah. <laughs> and the when he is, you know, um, <laughs> after he finishes and he's like, oh, Thank God, I didn't die. <laughs> I I'm not kidding you. Ten minutes. I'm I'm rolling in my seat, abs hurting. It felt so good, <laughs> and then it pans up to her dead. <laughs> I oh my God, this movie. I wish yeah. I wish we could do another like spoiler review mm-hmm. where we're just going through every plot thread yeah. in order. Yeah, this movie doesn't make any sense. Um. Sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Ask me your next question. All right, second question. Another very heavy spoiler warning here. Uh, what did you think of the giant penis monster? Oh, I forgot about that plot thread. Not a fan. Yeah. I, I don't know what I was expecting in that attic, but it wasn't that. And this was one of those moments where I'm like, ah, what are you doing? Like yeah. it. This could have been like a really cool, like, I feel like this could have been like a make or break scene. I feel like a lot of people that yeah are leaving the theater saying I didn't like this, it was too weird, may have ended up really liking something else or something a little more subtle or not as 
fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think it's a brain-dead choice by him. I think that's where it fell from me. So around that, like, play arc, I think, is where it fell from a five-star to a four-star. Then at the at the penis monster, it fell from, like, a six or a seven to a four. And it stayed there for the rest of the movie. Okay. Yeah, uh, like, like you said, the, the, the trial scene was, you know, looking back, it was the only way that movie could have ended. And right. I, I wasn't necessarily a, a fan of it, but I understand, like, it, it felt right. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, third and final question is, you mentioned Bo's character arc. How does Bo change from the beginning of this movie to the end? He doesn't. Um, right. I I was just referring. So the to... arc is. Go on there. Yep. It's just that. It's just a point. <laughs> nice. Yeah, wait, <laughs> well done, pal. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to be funny. You know, highlighting a what would have been awesome moment for Bo, <laughs> considering his fears in life. Um. <laughs> You know, his fear of having sex for, you know, 50-something years, you know, it ended up being yeah. for nothing. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, you know, a great moment for his character that, yeah. you know, maybe all this anxiety, you know, it sucks, but maybe just, you know, taking a breather once in a while would be nice. No, I agree. Uh, yep. But that's not how the movie ends, and he doesn't really have a character arc. And I think that is the point, that this isn't really, I don't think this is a movie for character work. It's really just a a breakdown or a three-hour unreliable narration from a character with severe anxiety that's meted up and has all of his senses dialed to 145% at all moments. Yeah. So, I don't know. If people aren't into that, I get it. It was for me. I had a great time. Fair enough. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on the movie as a whole, then? It had awesome camera work. Nice. That's all I had to say. I'm just, I'm just busting your balls. I, I, yeah, I just had a great time. All right. Uh, I I truly am genuinely glad that you did have a great time with this movie. Uh, I wish I could have. Um, the next thing that I kind of wanted to touch on during this pod is something that I thought about time and time again uh, while watching this movie the impact that this has on the film industry is probably going to be very, very big, right? I think I disagree entirely, but I'm curious to hear this breakdown from you before I kind of empty the clip. Yeah, uh, I I think this is terrible for the film industry, personally. Um, you and I are very well known for... Uh, like amongst our friends for advocating for creative control for directors. I mean, Zack Snyder's justice league is one of our, one of the points of our friendship, I would say a hundred percent. Um, and I think that this movie makes it very likely that studios are a lot more hesitant to give directors as much creative control or any creative control. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, this movie is currently projected to bring in about $8 million globally, and it cost $35 million to make. People were saying that it would take about $60 million to break even. So A24 basically just lost $52 million on this project, um, and when that happens, studios are going to think twice even more about one, releasing a movie that is three hours long, which is some headway that I think was just gained with John Wick 4 doing so well at the box office. And B, they are also going to think even more about giving directors creative freedom like this. Uh, they tried it with Eggers, and it worked relatively well. They try it with Aster. It does not work well, really at all, from a financial perspective. Okay. It turns out I kind of agree with you, but yeah. at the same time, I'm not sure that this one-off is going to move the needle. I would say that people arguing against you, and I'm arguing against you, are going to look at a movie like Nope, that clearly Poole had his hands all over, and it doesn't seem like the studio meddled with that script at all. You and I are not yep. big fans of this movie, but it made a ton of money. 
the North, the Northman. It didn't make that much money, but it's regarded as a very good film. And yeah. I, and like you mentioned, Zack Snyder's Justice League became a a nuclear bomb of a topic for months, for right. a couple years afterwards. I think that I believe it's still the most streamed thing on HBO Max. Don't doubt it. I, I don't doubt it for a second. I'm just saying, like, I feel like creative control. We're we're still heading in the right direction. Sure, there's a hiccup, but I I don't see this being the the nail in the coffin, especially for for smaller studios. Like I, this will gain a cult following. I think that they'll still give creators a you know room to empty the clip. Um, as far as the runtime thing that you mentioned, yeah, I think that I might be in the minority here, but. I was kind of hoping for a course correct. I'm kind of getting sick of the three-hour movies. I think yeah. that there is a time and place for a long movie like that, but I think that there needs to be a, a readjustment back to the 90 to 120-minute movies being the norm. So I think that's where we differ. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think this is enough to, to damage creative control going forward. I really only time is going to tell for this argument, but right, just, how much money it ends up making, right? And how much buzz? Well, yeah, and as far as the runtime goes, I I do understand your point. I just also my my point about runtime is mostly focused around um, that if a director has a story that he wants to tell that is going to take three hours to tell. I think that he needs to have that time, as we saw in Zack Snyder's Justice League versus Justice League. Um, I, I agree, but here is a counter to this. And real quick, can I finish real quick? Sorry. Sure. Uh, I was just going to say, but I do think that in general, movies do need to be getting shorter because attention spans are getting shorter. So I don't know why everything seems to be two hours and 20 minutes nowadays. That's what I'm saying. Just course correct is needed. But I think that you and I might differ a little bit. And I think that Snyder Cut, although I liked it a lot, it's one of my favorite superhero movies ever, may have damaged the concept of creative control just a little bit that, you know, leaves the door open for the Astors of the world to put dick monsters in their movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like there needs to be a line line in the sand where people are pushing back against your ideas that goes right. for anything in any industry you know you're you're not going to be 100 percent perfect someone's got to you oh. know do some qa so yeah. i think with that in mind maybe this is another course correct where you know Zack snyder can't put you know you know late uh, like a group of ladies singing as aquaman's diving off in into the ocean again or no more no more penis monsters in the attic like i yeah. you know what i mean like there there will there will be a new line in the sand and i think i'm okay with that i don't think that we're going to go back to crazy studio mandates maybe we'll we'll just have to see like you um, said time will tell yeah uh next question for you is what's next for Ari Aster after yeah. this film Great question, and I think a lot of people are going to expect me to say, you know, go back to what works, you know, do hereditary again, do something small, do something simple. Yeah. I completely disagree. I feel like he's put himself in a horrible spot, similar to Poole, but in a different way. Almost you know, like a Charlie Kaufman type. In what way? In the way that Synecdoche lost like $60 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I... I I guess my point here is he's in too deep. It's like Inception. He needs to go like deeper into another dream, into another dream. I think that this next movie needs to be even more bonkers. It makes no sense to go back and admit defeat. I think he needs yeah. to do something fucking bizarre. You know, do a retelling, disturbed, alternate universe sequel to Remember the Titans or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> empty the clip, man. Y you... You may have struck out on Bo's Afraid, but it's not its not the time to quit. It's not the time to admit defeat, you know? Stick yeah. the landing with the next one. Yeah, I think that I, I love what you're saying. I If he goes further down the rabbit hole, I think I would love the next movie he makes. Um, that said, I don't know how soon he gets work. Wow. Uh, I think wow. that 
the only studio that gives this guy a shot is A24 right now because other studios are very notably much more money driven and he just lost A24 about 50 million dollars so i i don't know that's fair i don't know if there's an Ari Aster film in the next 10 years oh um maybe i'm 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 going to give it i'm going to give it 4 give him 4 that's years fair. to cook up another bizarre script and a24 will give him some money for it that's fair yeah i could see that happening i i would just say it's gonna be a while yeah yeah it probably will be you know he's he's they found a few chinks in the armor and his ego's probably been bruised a bit and with that said you know bo's afraid i may have enjoyed it a lot but it's it's not doing well as you mentioned so has aster been dethroned in a way as king of horror i think so i don't think you're crazy um who would you give it to though uh i think it's james wan is an obvious choice um but that's kind of a different side of horror right Nah, that's dude that's I'm so glad you brought that up. It's the correct pick, but yeah. no one sees Juan as the guy anymore. He's like he's like 40-year-old LeBron putting up 38 a night, but no one cares anymore. That's fair. He also is kind of transitioning out of horror, it seems like, with Aquaman 2. Um, so I, I I didn't even have him down as my as my choice, though. I have three thing or two honorable mentions and then my real choice. First honorable mention is Rob Savage, who uh, created Host, which is a Zoom call horror movie that came out in 2020. It was very, very highly regarded when it came out. I I enjoyed it. I wasn't a huge fan though. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Uh, and then also came out with Dashcam, which was much more kind of controversial. A lot of people didn't like it. I was listening to a pod where Sean Fennessy said it was borderline unwatchable. Um, and this and, is your king? And now he is going into The Boogeyman, which is a Stephen mm. King adaptation. He has gotten his big budget, and I think that'll be very telling to see what he does with that. Second one, very, very much a shot in the dark, Zach Kreger. Barbarian was just that good. Mm. <laughs> I love it. These takes are, these takes are something, you know. Yeah. No bot and not really a notable body of work. Um, right. And what's funny is I was totally expecting this. I have it in my notes. Steve, I'm expecting you to say Helena Rain, the director of Bodies, 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 Bodies. 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 <laughs> you little fucker. I totally. I wish you had said that name just so I can. No, no, no. <laughs> drop that bomb on you. But no, man. I, I think you got to take a serious angle at this. Like I think yeah. you're. You're picking on a horse that could be a contender in the future, but I think that for now you still need to look at body of work. And I have one more. I have okay. one more, and this was my real choice, and that is the correct answer, which is Ty West. Mm, yep. Yeah. X and Pearl, huge successes. There was a push for a Mia Goth Pearl Oscar, uh, which I would have loved to see. She had an amazing performance in that. Maxine is coming out soon. And after he creates this trilogy in basically like two years, uh, I think that he is at the top of top of the genre right now. Um, the House of the Devil, looking a little bit more back in his work, I think is really good. Um, very underappreciated. And The Innkeepers is another one of my favorites, actually, that I think is really underrated. It's a very slow burn about uh, two like kind of hotel clerks hunting for ghosts to try and uh, keep their in open to like get some press. I'm embarrassed, man. I still haven't got to the, the X and Pearl movies and I've heard they're just fucking awesome. They so, really are. Yeah. I, when you say Ty West, I completely believe you. I, yeah. from what I've heard that that's not a bad take at all for me right now, looking at the three horsemen right now in yeah. pool Eggers and Aster. Okay it's a tough call i you know if i had seen x and pearl maybe i would go ty west but right now gun to my head i oh man this is tough like i think the popular pick is jordan Poole, 
the film yeah. nerd pick is Eggers, and for the Astor Meat riders like myself, it's still it's still Ari. <laughs> and for those that felt like Bo was afraid worked, and in this case, for me, it did. I, I think he's still. I, what what's the comp for this man? It's like. It's like when Braun lost against Dallas. Like just not not <laughs> yeah. a good look, but yeah. everyone knows this guy can play. Right. So um, still the I, king, but not as not as dominant. I do want to question though, real quick, uh with Eggers moving to the Northmen, which is not horror at all, and Ari Aster, I mean we've talked about this movie mostly in a comedic sense and not as a horror movie. Do you really think the that he's still on top. I, I would accept the pool take. Uh, actually, I I really like that take. I think he's he's pretty pretty great. On paper, it's Jordan Poole or not Jordan Poole, Jordan Peele. <laughs> um, did I did I misspeak too? <laughs> I think so, man. I basketball I'm, on my mind, <laughs> dude. I've been I've been watching the Warriors like crazy, and it, what's funny is I can't stand Jordan Poole. I I yeah. love the Warriors, and Jordan Poole does not play Warrior basketball. Right. That's a whole nother story. Jordan Peele. Maybe, yeah, like you said, he's the popular pick because he's sticking to horror. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. It makes sense, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we can come to agreement on that if you want. Sure. If the the blast pick is Jordan Peele. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. I'm with it. Let's, let's lock that in. All right, then. Uh, do you have any more takes that you want to throw out there before we kind of transition into ending this pod? Hot take. I know you're not going to agree. And oh, I'm not sure a lot of other people are going to agree. Yeah. But I like Bo's Afraid more than Midsommar. God, you're disgusting. Sorry. That's both were, terrible. Bo- both were bonkers to me. I just had a better time with Bo's Afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, you asked me. <sighs> I, I, I didn't say anything for a reason. I, right. I, left, I left it out. All right. Uh, I think that the thing that puzzles me most about Bo is Afraid is that uh, A24 decided it would be a great idea to release it next to Evil Dead Rise. Because yeah, dude. I cannot wait to see that movie. If Okay. So say you are a horror movie fan like you or me. You sit down and you're like, all right, I'm going to go see a horror movie at the theater tonight. Are you going to go to evil dead rise which is getting so much buzz about how much fun it is it's an hour and a half long the top letterbox review is me one microsecond without the zaza and a lady (laughs) holding a chainsaw covered in blood or are you gonna go and sit down watch the three hour long reflection on like anxiety and paranoia and schizophrenia and guilt that has like this these insanely divisive reviews you know bad marketing choice truly (laughs) <laughs> Oops, this should have been like a February movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's actually more surprising that it didn't come out in like July than they didn't market it as like <laughs> a popcorn movie. Maybe. Um, nevertheless, I I can't wait to never think about this movie again. I don't think I'm ever gonna rewatch this. Uh, but next week, I think we're gonna be talking about either Evil Dead or Guardians of the Galaxy. So. Maybe we'll post an Instagram poll or something uh, to see what you guys would like to hear us discuss. But thank you, as always, for listening to The Blast Podcast, a show where we believe movies can be more than just movies. We'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Have a good one.